0: This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. Chris Saxman on the VIP podcast brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am the executive director today. My very lovely guest, former colleague of mine from the General Assembly Day's delegate, Vivian Watts. Great to have you. Great to see you, Chris. You've been in the General Assembly long time. I, I You said it, not me. But congratulations for all the years and all the successes you've had in the General Assembly. The citizens of your district keep sending you back. Why do you think that is?
1: Um... I have a couple of answers to that, a couple of threads. When I first got down here, I was embarrassed when people would say, how do you like it? And I was embarrassed because my real answer was, I love it. Do you really? And when-
0: You're good at it. it, I'm going to interrupt you here. You're good at it. There aren't many people who can withstand the pressures, the time, the work that's involved, because we all know it's a lot of work, and all the politics back home, and statewide, and national. Mm -hmm. But you seem to have this ability to work with people Earnestly. Earnestly. Always earnestly. And get the job done. And still keep a smile on your face. You're not a morning person. By admission, you became a Yes, yes we were just and saying. And, right? and here you are, happy, happy as all get out, ready to do this. Okay. So that's part of it. The
1: other part, uh, as you just mentioned, um, I'm a nerd at heart really am I'm an introvert and I'm a nerd and so all of the challenge of the General Assembly is also another aspect that I genuinely love to try to figure out something and the satisfaction of trying to really make Get where it's going now. The the third thing I would say, as as I've said in more than a few, why are you still there? And I said I asked myself that same thing about six eight years ago. It was an awful session. What is one thing after another? Just what am I doing here? And decided that you know, if I stay up to date and that's the nerd in me who enjoys the challenge right. of staying up to date, then all of that breadth and depth of experience that I have has a real value in the system if I stay up to date. So I'm not just an old curmudgeon,
0: but someone who's not. really Those applying people, it. I, I was like a 45-year-old curmudgeon, <laughs> you know, when I got out. I, I can't do the math off the top of my head when I got out exactly. But it, it this, this place wears on people, and yet it hasn't done that to you. You're resilient um you're pleasant almost every day let's be honest we all have our days but oh. almost but you have the ability to turn off one bill and turn on another bill you don't get lost in the previous fight
1: you have to and I observed that uh, as a woman coming in when there were very few women and, and wending my way through that because I had four years of service then into the cabinet for a total of a 10-year break. You were Secretary of Transportation Public Safety. In. That's right, dual secretariat. And so what I saw as I'm trying to figure this all out is that you know most guys had competitive sports in their background. Mm-hmm. So I am a big champion of Title IX. Okay. And having females have that same kind of competitive experience so that when you come off the playing field, the game's behind you. And now it's collegial. And I saw that again and again legislatively of how Men handled that, whereas women tended to hold a grudge a little bit more. Okay, and it was just observing how the process really has to work in our short sessions. You cannot afford to get personal; yeah. you, you just get off track.
0: Well, let's explain the, the long and the short sessions. One one session is sixty days; the other one's both 60. are short by national standards. But it's very short by national standards. But the difference between the short and the long session is the same amount of legislation just 15 less days, That's right. So,
1: so it's jammed in there. And I have described- and Those are as, exhausting. Yeah. Short sessions thing, are exhausting. The 45-day session, you don't have a time to take a second look at anything. So there's some bad stuff that moves its way forward. Cool. And there's some very good stuff that if you worked on it, mm-hmm. had another meeting or two, uh, would really be something that needs to go. And the so. short
0: session is always an election year too. So it's, so it's, uh-huh. it's not only super intense legislatively, it's extremely intense politically because as soon as you come out of a short session, you're right into the primaries. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. This morning in the uh, Richmond Times-Dispatch, the NAACP of uh, Virginia or? Yeah, Northern Virginia. Was it Virginia NAACP came out in favor of having elections this year for the new Okay, ads. all what, right. What are, what are your thoughts on having elections this year? <laughs> well,
1: okay. <laughs> you want some coffee? <laughs> That's
0: right. Um, so, again,
1: back history. When I first came in, I ran three years in a row. Oh, you were
0: eighty-one, eighty-two, eighty-three.
1: Yeah, I'm one of those folks. So you remember? I remember running one, two, three, and they were full out new elections. They were not just you were in and you continued. Right. Uh, you had a new a constituency, et cetera. So it will be challenging. And uh, while there will be perhaps, I would like to believe, an opportunity for some of this polarization to actually be worked out in dialogue as you're with people and going back and forth on what people really are concerned about under issues rather than just the polarization. Well, I hope that's the case. I fear in today's climate that it might even polarize us even more. But whatever happens, I will do it. Uh, the I haven't read the NAACP's uh, statement. Um, certainly, waiting nine years in a decade uh, between uh, redistricting mm-hmm. before the courts finally ruled that the 2010 redistricting had really uh, done. Uh, in injustice by packing blacks into as few districts as possible. So when that was corrected, that's where you saw the significant shift in those elected to the House of Delegates. Rather, you know, the, the sooner you make that correction, right. the better. Uh, some of the districts, as I look at them, are certainly my district. You're, you're, my district is- new district. Yeah, my new district. In 2000, I had 40% new voters. Okay. Because, quite most frankly, small, most, no small amount.
0: you're an incumbent, that's scary. because <laughs> like, oh, And God, it was what everyone talks
1: it. about as far as gerrymandering. Right, right. It was, I was the westernmost Democrat in Fairfax County, pack all the Republican territory into that district, make the districts inside the Beltway that much safer. The Republicans were in charge of the redistricting. And uh, that's why I got 40% new district. I survived it, all my new best friends, and uh, off we went. So then another decade passes, and I won't go into the details, but here I am with 45% new district. This one is. forty-five In in 2010.
0: Oh, in 2010. So So at 40,
1: even more than 40 the next time. This time I've got about 60% new district.
0: Well, it sounds like it goes in your favor because you have to get out there and meet your constituents all over again.
1: Except that, keep in mind, and for all of your listening audience, in uh, Fairfax County in Northern Virginia, we do not have local media. It is out there knocking on the doors, which means you know the ter- right, get right, to right. really, really know the territory, but all of our media is national, international oriented. I, once humorously, when I came back in after being secretary, the Washington Post is doing their obligatory 15 minute interview, and she's setting up to do her recording. We're sitting in my living room, and I said, with humor, well, I figure I'll have made it if I get in the obituary page of the Washington <laughs> Post, uh, to which she gave me a five-minute explanation of what the standards were of whether or not you got in the obituary page of the Washington Post. So this is where but I— that's, But that's the We difference. are really low, low on the totem pole. All right, So our uh, re-election very much
0: means a lot of personal effort. A lot of shoe leather. on the Mm -hmm. the street. A lot of shoe labor. And that's what people don't understand about the differences in in Virginia politics and how the ground game is different.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When in Shenandoah Valley, where where I was from, we would get overexposed in the media because the media was just looking for content. Mm -hmm. And they'd go, can we do an interview? Yeah, come down to the office. And Mm -hmm. then my colleagues would be upset with me. The, my colleagues would be upset because I was on TV so much. All I did was answer the phone. Yeah. And the TV3 guy would come over and do a, do, a, do a bit, and we're done.
1: When I've traveled in, in Virginia, and you turn on the motel TV, there's, there's one of your colleagues, and you say, geez, I've never been on <laughs> And it.
0: And you've been in the House of Delegates <laughs> in this public service since when did you first come in the House? Forever. Uh, That's I first true. was
1: elected. I first served. we were sworn in 82.
0: 82. So, okay, so you ran in 81.
1: Served in 82, so so 40 years
0: of service, continual service almost. uh, Disruption for a year or two after you got a secretariat?
1: No, I had four years of the secretariat and I was out for six. I was directing the Fairfax uh, CASA program, which is a major uh, dealing with the worst cases, uh, of child abuse, neglect. Mm -hmm. There are a number of reasons why I went into that. And one of them was uh, the fact that I'd had a dual secretariat where I had prisons as well as pavements. And I really realized some of the mental health issues that we're dealing with, the history of people who end up in prison. Uh, Child abuse is no small part of that. Absolutely. So if I was gonna do any kind of a balance for all of the prison space that I'd built, because it was on the beginning of the war on drugs and and our prison populations were just skyrocketing, if I was gonna go back and do something preventative, that's where I had the best understanding. So that would, that's what uh, I guess called you back. Mm-hmm. Was, and then it was difficult to leave that because I was actually sure. doing something right. as opposed to just talking. And But realizing since I'd been in the General Assembly what little experience there was in the Assembly with the juvenile court and with issues of dysfunctional families. It has sh- begun to shift and change but realize that if I had the ability to get elected, that that was an important arena for me to be able
0: to bridge those concerns and bring some understanding. Right. We still have so many problems in this area. What is it, and, and given your experience uh, in the pub, you know, public sector, private sector, you know, mm-hmm. chambers, Chamber and these, of Commerce. Chamber of Commerce, and all, and all these areas, what direction are we heading in? Because you came in, you know, 81, 82, um, things have changed politically, internet, social media, and we're still having these significant issues on mental health and family breakdown and prison populations. These, these issues don't seem to be going away. They seem to be exacerbated over time, and um, is, is, the ball, is the snowball rolling downhill and picking up more snow in these very difficult social issues?
1: And the reason why, if the camera had my kind of weird smile, I'm going to answer you, Chris, in vintage Vivian. This, this is me speaking. <laughs> this is from the gut. This is from my gut. Now, the years that I was very active in my community, uh, again, I'm a numbers person yeah. in my heart. And the way in which I supported the efforts for schools and family services, et cetera, was to really get a handle on the budget. And I also did a major study uh, as a citizen of the of Fairfax's tax base and my second year's study was 15 pages single space with footnotes.. Wait. Uh, all about the business taxes, that the non-residential taxes, which brought me into an understanding there of the balance of resources that we have to be able to tap and, uh, have as far as stability and budgeting. Okay. Give you all of that by my answer to your question is we we are still in a phase of cut taxes, cut taxes, cut taxes. And even though uh, Virginia per 1,000 personal income is one of the low tax states, boy, it doesn't go that way. So when I was Secretary of Transportation Public Safety with state police under the Secretariat, Uh, We were regularly recruiting uh, people with post-high school education, usually two years. They were our recruiting class, quality. Mm -hmm. Now police recruits are GED. Mm -hmm. Huge difference in competitive salaries over the 20 years. You can't keep on cutting, 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 and not recognize that mental health. And one of the huge problems in our mental health crisis, besides some of the reforms that we're trying to, to get in, in place and how costly, how we've got to put our money into community services, upfront cost as you actually do prevention and, and really dealing with the person's need, Right. upfront it's gonna cost a little bit more. But also our salaries, in uh, mental health in our mental health hospitals if you open up a uh, uh, Amazon distribution center uh, in the next county by God you're going to lose half of your staff of your floor staff because it's a better paying job and actually safer by than an overloaded uh, mental health uh, hospital setting and teachers, you know, it came out during the campaign, and you know me. I'm going to check the numbers. I'm not just going to oh, Well, you're t- very good at it. Yeah. You're very when, diligent. When very it was diligent. said, wait, Virginia has the lowest teachers' salaries, I'm thinking, whoa, PolitiFact. And then I went back to the original as well, confirmed that compared to salaries in Virginia, teachers are paid the lowest relative to the salaries in Virginia than any other state. Relative to
0: the private sector around them.
1: Yeah, which means that that takes into your climate of cost of living sure, and sure. all kinds of aspects. It's a, I think it's a very good comparison because a, a salary here and a salary in Wyoming and a salary in... in yeah, no, it's, it's a it's, whole
0: different... It's, well, and the disparity, especially in the Northern Virginia jurisdictions, where you have inordinate amount of private sector wealth. I mean, Loudoun County is the wealthiest county in the country mm-hmm. uh, per capita. Uh, Fairfax is no slouch itself. There's a, lot, there's a lot of wealth there, so the wealth disparity... Would naturally be more uh, pronounced there versus the rural districts.
1: Except, and I I recently uh, saw this couple about about two years ago. We also have the widest spread in the nation in cost of living, second only to California. Second only to California. No, the cost of living. So when you talk about the wealth of of Northern Virginia, Mm -hmm. you're talking about salaries needing to be a third higher, partly because housing is so much higher.
0: Is that because we're not building enough houses in Northern Virginia? That's certainly
1: part of it, absolutely. The inventory is so low. Because we went
0: through, when we served together in the house, there was a slow growth, no growth, phase of life, because we thought we could control growth and and, and, uh, and not be able to but do that. it. That's but like, that's exacerbated. That's a Rob. lot of years ago. Well, 15 years is-
1: so There's been some significant court setting rulings, and that's not really the issue. So it's not The real issue is flat-out nationwide cost of yeah, housing. Yeah, but, but, ha- but
0: and California and Virginia have the same problems, though. They're, they're restricting inventory. In their no, housing markets and no, California not. just recently passed legislation to, to sort of undo that, but is that the is that a, you're, you're not, what contributing what 's the contributing no, factor in northern Virginia
1: Northern Virginia just staying with that point, is part of the body of the law of the Commonwealth
0: of as decided by court
1: decisions, and there were some major court decisions that said no property rights in northern Virginia. Uh, are just as valid as they are anywhere else in Virginia and you can't make those restrictions. So then you have the issue of cost of housing uh, with the, a lack of land close to good transportation. You have the cost of housing issues that are nationwide. Another, and you know, I love a good chart. I wish I had this
0: with me. <laughs> they, were, they were saying, is she bringing in the chart My hands always <laughs> are doing
1: it. Uh, the, the chart was, here are the elements of household spending, transportation, medical, it's, it's, uh, education, housing, food, housing. housing, housing. Here's 75 years every decade of the proportion that people spend on each one of these areas. Mm-hmm. The chart is very informative, 75 years. There was a time when food was far more mm-hmm. uh, a, a portion of. The one that has grown the most by a lot, housing. So what do we do about so it? So housing if, if the is problem, way up the here, isn't... food is down here. So if the when pro- we look at our tax structure, our localities, our counties, are still depending on a colonial tax structure of taxing housing, which is not a direct tax on wealth, as as opposed to uh, where our school funding comes from is all adjusted.
0: Taxing housing is not a tax on
1: wealth? Not directly, because it, you... There, you can eat a lot more rice and a lot more basic, basic, basic right. uh, at uh, but, shopping but, but, at Walmart but the, but the, or wherever. But,
0: but the asset of a house... But a house, those...
1: you, have to, you have to have that roof over your head. Of course. And if you don't have housing that is middle income, then these folks are pressuring the low, low income housing and the prices at the lower end have... Particularly, relative to, pres- their wage, relative to their wages, wages. Yeah. have are particularly burdensome. As you get up into the higher ends, it's not as burdensome. No, it's not. And it's of income our income tax overall. structure says you can only have locally one tax rate; it can't be graduated. So I'm going to take the same percentage of taxes from the lowest of incomes as I am from the highest of incomes, and I can't make that adjustment for the high end. When you're a new growth county, which is certainly part of my history with Fairfax, your housing price is a little bit more related to your ability to pay. But as as we age, I represent a lot of folks who have aged in place 30, 40, 50 Mm -hmm. years in their house. And there's no way that the assessed value of that house and their retirement and ability to pay are in sync. And so this produces a tremendous amount of pressure on the real estate tax
0: only being just so elastic. You really can't reach the wealth. So, you, you can't and at the state level reach the higher level income people to pay more? Is that what you're, you're suggesting? No, I'm saying, as, okay, as to, the, how do we mitigate this problem? We, we can identify the problem and say housing's a problem. Everyone agrees housing costs are a problem. It's been one of the problems to Virginia's growth because mm-hmm. it has slowed down growth. People are leaving Virginia. Um, more so especially in the 25 to 40-year-old uh, cohort, they're leaving after college, it's just too expensive here. They go to other states and they get- And
1: they got their student loans to pay off
0: and right. all this other thing. Right, yeah. and, we, and we've invested all this money in their K through 12 and higher education mm-hmm. uh, 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 life, and now they're leaving. We've invested in them and now the talent's leaving. It's a real problem. It's a real uh, problem. Uh, but how do we turn that tide in housing costs, especially in you know more expensive areas?
1: Um, I'm a great fan of something. Talk about short session and something not making it all the way. I really like the approach, and I'm not going to use the right terminology, but a major tax credit program that is attached to a longstanding federal tax program to deal with low producing and keeping in stock low-income housing not just producing low-income housing taking advantage of a tax credit and then it resells and it goes out of the low income the federal program if we augmented it as was recommended by the, the housing study you could have a significant difference both in new housing stock and renovation of housing stock so that you also are keeping housing in established neighborhoods, not just building it out in Loudoun.
0: Right, which exacerbates your transportation yeah. Mm-hmm. stress.
1: Yeah, all of those issues, and it makes your, your transportation investments that much more uh, cost-effective, again, other th- rather than just moving out. So
0: build-in versus build-out.
1: Mm-hmm. So this is one where uh, I think the budget the initial budget impact was 20 million. It really needed to be 40 million to make the kind of difference that we need to do and we'll explain that for folks. The, ta- the cost of the tax credit, if you enacted the tax credit, every tax credit or deduction is actually an expenditure. So you need to be able to say, okay, we're going to use this money in this way. it won't be revenue that's available for anything else. Like mental health salaries and teachers' salaries and all of these other things we were talking about.
0: Okay, uh, in that respect, I think it's uh, safe to say the grocery tax is a, a bit of a conundrum for you.
1: It sure is, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, in fact, I was just working on it uh, last night, trying to figure how the language right now is not where it should be. If we, if we do the Grocery tax. We've
0: really the grocery got, tax cut that Governor youngkin yeah. ran on. It's, uh, it's it's two parts. No, one and is I'm going to say it's
1: been it's been on the Democratic agenda. Wow, well, and I know I remember Kane when he was governor we talking had this about it. Yeah, you know, Warner's been yeah, it's been and we've always wanted to do it, which is why it's only. The grocery tax is only two and a half percent. When we changed it a number of years ago, we would have loved to have taken it off and everything. No, I think I
0: remember having but, that conversation taken from the sales yeah, tax. To but two and the and a
1: half. cost was was prohibitive. So now that we may be doing it, the challenge is exactly the same. How do you backfill the about eighteen percent revenue? I'm good let me use a browner number, fifteen percent, because I've seen it in a number of about fifteen percent loss of revenue. For localities. For localities. Specifically for education. This is a big hit that I Because that fifteen percent comes back on the base of school age population. Right, which gets into whole formulas and huge history. change. Uh, And then the local uh, sales tax, and that's the only major mitigation to the real estate tax. And if so, if you take a bite out of your sales tax, you're you're going to put more pressure on the cost of housing through real estate taxes. This gets into
0: the whole, and then you've got transportation. But this gets into the whole tax reform issue because it's so complicated. When people say, "Oh, just get rid of the grocery tax," whoa, 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 whoa. It's very complicated because all these different formulas are woven into the budget and have state and local impacts. Is there a point at which we just have to say, we need to hit the easy button and hit the uh, hit the um, simple button when it comes to taxation and just go and have it and just rip the whole thing out and start over again and say, look, if you had to do it over again, how would you do it?
1: Oh, hey, hey,
0: Paul, we've got. the car tax cut we've got all these things
1: me personally i could i, I i'd give me a half hour and and a, and a chalkboard and i would i I'd would just throw it, throw it in a bumper it sticker for us but <laughs> we, we all we all have a role to play in the general assembly the d- different personalities right. and backgrounds and talents that come forward and interestingly enough when i first hit here again i'm a numbers person right. heart.
0: you're a nerd but i you're knew there was something nerd.
1: wrong with the way f- uh, road funds were allocated mm-hmm. And my county wasn't, well, I'm just going to put something in anyway. So I did. And now I've got this bill in, and I'm invited to a meeting about the state highway funding formula. And I'm thinking, I'm a freshman. I'm going to embarrass myself. I better read it. So I read the, the, the highway funding formula. So I go to the meeting. And I'm the only one who's ever read the fi- highway funding formula. I go back. The reason I'm saying all this kind of detail, that has been multiplied and multiplied and multiplied where there are some of us who are numbers people who go into the detail and i'm trying my darndest in this short session to make a major fill a major hole in the wording to make sure that the school funding formula per school child is made whole because right now the focus on the house version is only on making the local realis- the local sales tax whole well that's only half the picture and it's it's a problem particularly problematic picture as far as rural areas or areas where retail has sort of gone out to mm-hmm. uh, a on major shopping mall or in many times in my experience the growth happens first with all the school kids, but I was shopping in the city of Alexandria because it was the only mall available. So all of that, if you don't keep that factor of return on the basis of school age population, you are making a very major impact and it's not even. You got those that have will get more if they've got the shopping mall. Those that have the school kids it's not being addressed. And that creates
0: more disparity in more outcomes disparity, because yeah. the, the rural areas become uh, discompetitive, not even mm-hmm. non-competitive, become discompetitive to other suburban areas which, with high mm-hmm. growth and lower lower tax rates So marginally. if this
1: gets worked out, it has to be worked out in fine detail. And and when you talk about, isn't well, shouldn't we just declare and do uh, it? It'll be done, and it'll look like well, of course.
0: Well, that's that's, that's always the problem, though, when we talk about the that. detail because some, is because some, the devil. So, much is, so much is so solidified, and you want to you want to tinker with the machine. People go, um, but if you do
1: that, I have on tax my tax reform
0: goes back yeah. decades, yeah. and no one ever seems to tackle yeah. it because it gets complicated.
1: Well, uh, yeah, right? and also tax reform. Republican
0: Democrat doesn't matter.
1: Tax reform by definition, if you've got inequities here, and you're going to make some cuts. Then you balance it, reform, zero sum with some increases. And especially in the last two decades, uh, I will use Grover Norquist, no tax pledge. He regards such reform as being... A non-starter. You do not raise taxes. You just cut, and you can't do reform.
0: Well, can you? Can, well, because the, I think we get caught in this false dichotomy, this false uh, narrative that if you raise a tax rate here, that's raising taxes. If you lower it overall in the in their overall uh, revenue, because mm-hmm. the, the, the the corollary to that was revenue neutrality. Mm-hmm. As long as it didn't intentionally raise the revenue uh, for the state, it was okay. Because I remember we had this tax battle. And communications and satellites were going to get taxed for the first time, but your telephone bill was going to get whacked. It was like a thirty percent tax on telephones, mm-hmm. and, and, saying, and we eliminated well, that to five percent. We flattened it.
1: This is a new economy, right? Taxes also, tax structure also needs to reflect that. Uh, we talk so much about Virginia being one of only I think thirteen states that still taxes food. Well, Virginia is one of I think fewer than six states that does not tax uh, services. So I'm, is paying, that, is that I'm the, paying. Is that the
0: coming storm? It, it almost I bring, has to. I bring I, if, it. Our, if our, if our, if our uh, tax system is, does, should be based upon what the actual economy does and what we do as a people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's, the imbalance there is incredible.
1: Fifty years ago, 1970s the average household began paying more on services than they did on goods, and yet we only tax goods goods in Virginia, and most every other state also is taxing services. So I'm paying taxes on the laundry soap, but not on taking something to the cleaners. And that, when we're talking about equity and ability to pay and and the real kitchen table needs, well, not taxing food. I'm not taxing Walmart, but I'm also not taxing Wegmans.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And whereas if I'm taxing Full disclosure, consumer ser- consumer services uh, as a balance to not taxing food, I've filled the gap. Schools are made whole, localities are made whole, transportation is made whole, and the tax system is that much fairer.
0: So then, we should go. I mean, and, I've, I've long thought that we should go to tax services do it. and just rebalance the thing. Mm-hmm, yeah, because we're out of balance. Our tax code in Virginia is a mid-19th century tax code. Yep. And we're almost at the end of the first quarter of the 21st century. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we're yep. 75 years out of balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think those disparities are showing in, in certain areas around the state and is becoming the incalcitrance of people to get through these difficult uh, seasons because we get trapped in 60 days, and 46 days. And then someone says, well, we gotta have tax reform. And they run on it. And we've had mm-hmm. statewide candidates do this and they come in and go, oh, we can't make it work. And that's one of the real downsides of a
1: one-term governor that you can promise anything the bumper <laughs> sticker no car tax right right but you don't have to live with it the general assembly has to live with it and, and the then people local, and have then local to government. live with right. this and as you say the uh, I worked hard a couple of years ago and finally got a century-old provision that, oh, counties aren't sophisticated enough, ta- so we're not going to trust them with taxes that will trust the budget decisions with cities. So only two years ago, 100 years later, <laughs> do we equalize Fairfax with 1.1 million-plus people with a city that might have
0: 20,000. For the Fairfax City? Was, that, was well, that the equalization? Uh,
1: Fairfax City is probably 30,000, but, still, the, top, but your, your point. the top, the 10 biggest jurisdictions in Virginia, right. six of them are counties. Right. Should we get rid of And they are city? still being, up until two years ago, only had the authority right. that they had in colonial times to tax real estate. Whereas colonial, cities, colonial times, cities without referendum time, right. have just gone right. ahead. And so this is where you're seeing, uh, we did have to, uh, to get it through, there were some caps, and so there's a 40 cent cap on, on tobacco products uh, per pack, but that's why you're seeing more and more counties pick up on that uh, particular source of revenue. Because they're
0: forced to. Sounds, well,
1: there there
0: are very few now, options.
1: They now can, right. which they couldn't before. And for a number of them, on some of our interstate routes, it's also they know that people are going through Virginia buying buying uh, cigarettes as they head out to their home state. Right, right, right. So it becomes a source of revenue that is ref- not just on their own people. Which right. I mean, I could argue against every single tax. I can give you all the reasons why it's unfair. And this is a conclusion from my citizen days when I first started here. The challenge is to get a tax system that balances out those inequities that makes sure that the demand for services uh, the source of where the revenue is the way it responds to the economy so when the economy goes up and down in different ways right. you have some resiliency there's all kinds of things that should be part of our tax system and we're pretty darn rigid and pretty
0: outdated is it because we just go from election cycle to election cycle we just kind of it just it's just to your point, and this is sort of the the, the duality I, I see in, in, in Delegate Vivian Watts joining us today, is you have this exuberance, this earnestness to solve these problems, and you come back year after year and keep fighting the fight. You never get down. You've got a smile on your face. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. You're, you're ready to go to battle. You've got all your facts, charts, figures, whatever you want to do. You got, And still, it's so difficult to make change down here, but you never give up.
1: Well, but Why I, is that? What is well, it about no. Vivian Watts? When, when Tell you me about s- that. Let's but me. Chris, when you said that, there is still the peep, the introvert who I have an excuse now that I'm a politician you, to talk no way to people. You're an introvert. I, I'm you're an, an animated.
0: An, it's so I'm early in the introvert. morning, and you're doing
1: this. No, no, I'm an introvert, and so the politician now has an excuse to talk to people, and people are pretty darn interesting, particularly for we introverts who tend to listen more. So I'm out campaigning, really, really enjoying that, and yet here I am sitting, look, having spent a lot of time in a lot of different ways with the tax structure, and I know that I have just touched the third rail when I happen to mention that maybe we might tax taking something to the cleaners because this is where I can argue against every single tax. And I know that outside the full context of the reform we're talking about, any one of these things can be taken out of context against me, which is one reason why you don't talk about tax reform. And then along comes somebody, looks at the negative. Oh, God, the car tax, the way in which it's collected, awful. And so it became a way to win an election. It was very powerful. Absolutely. It, uh, it
0: wasn't done brilliant properly. Brilliant bumper sticker. You're brilliant it, bumper sticker. No, no car tax was a brilliant political yeah. campaign.
1: And yet everybody's still paying the car tax, by the way. <laughs> so I, right. it was a great way to get a So this is It just is one of those things that unfortunately is used politically. And there's not enough serious effort at really looking at what we need to do. When I talk about consumer services, JLARC in 2012, which is now more than a decade ago, says you know you need to look at this. Virginia is one of the few states that doesn't, and therefore, our our real our retail sales tax collections are a smaller part of our budget. Seventy percent of our budget comes from the income tax. And we don't have the breadth that we might uh, otherwise. But anyway, we're getting into a lot of details of that half hour. <laughs> where the chalkboard that we've been just us, it's probably spend.
0: mind-numbingly complex <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's laughs> for right. people. But this is where this is where it happens. Mm-hmm, that's right. This is this. These things matter. And you talked about you're able to make the connection between you know the disparity at the local level, the, the, the disconnect, the the, the difficulties we see socially when these things manifest themselves and yet we don't seem to make the progress that we want to make. Right. And, 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 and yet, Vivian Watts keeps coming down here and slugging away at this thing.
1: Hopefully, I'll make a little difference.
0: Well, that's the whole thing, right? That's all you can
1: do? That's all you can do.
0: Yeah. Vivian, it has been a pleasure. It's always been a pleasure to work with you. Absolutely. You've, uh, you too, you've been Chris. a ray of sunshine every time I've spoken to you. You never seem to be down, no matter how intense it gets in the General Assembly. And I can't uh, thank you enough and commend you enough for all your work and effort on behalf of the Commonwealth. And you're running again.
1: I am running again. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Ex- for ex- some reason, I, well, I'm energy, able to keep going. And with your energy,
0: I'm not surprised, and right. I wouldn't be surprised at all to not see you back here. So thanks again, Vivian. Great. Thank you Appreciate so it. much. Thanks for joining us on the VIP podcast. My friend, colleague, former colleague, and guest, Vivian Watts from Northern Virginia, Annandale. Yes. Annandale. Go Annandale Adams, right? Still yes. There? Oh, good memory. There we yes. Go. We had a cousin that went there. Uh, Chris Axel on the VIP podcast. Vivian Watts, she's a VIP for being on the VIP podcast. She's also a VIP anyway. But this is uh, Chris Saxman with the VIP Podcast, brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. Thanks for joining us.